This is the Stand Strong Podcast with Carrie Stoker, episode number 14, Growth Comes from Challenges. Welcome to the Stand Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Stoker, and I help Latter-day Saint women strengthen their family relationships. Family life has many challenges, especially when a child suffers from mental illness. I understand these challenges, and I can teach you through stories and the Word of God how to navigate this challenging road. Hi, folks. I am glad you could join me this week. I wanted to share with you some encouragement and hope and to say that the challenges that you are experiencing can be the best thing. I mean, it doesn't sound very fun to be living through the challenges. That's that's the hard part for sure, but those challenges can be the best thing. And in fact, they are necessary for our growth. This morning, my husband and I were running and actually I kind of used that term loosely because um, we ran and I did a lot of walking and then I said, okay, we can run some more and he can run a lot longer than I can. But we have this um, commitment to each other that we are going to help each other prepare for an upcoming hike. And so um, we're going to do that in a couple of different ways. But one of those is, is we went running together today um, and I went along his usual path and, and that he usually runs. And anyway, I ran and walked and I come home a little bit winded and uh, a little bit, not as, you know, my legs are a little bit sore, but it is making me stronger so that I can do that hike really well. And that's what I really want to get to is that I want to be able to do that hike really well. Now, I want to relate this and just kind of move into a scripture in Jacob chapter 5. And this one we all recognize as the olive tree allegory. That's what we call it. That's what it's, you know, the title of it. Jacob chapter 5 is really long. It's got a lot of verses. And so whenever I would read this part in the Book of Mormon, I actually would go through it really fast. That's one of my... um that's one of my go-tos when I get to a part that just, I don't know, seems long or I don't quite understand it or something like that. I'll just read it. I'll still read it, but I'll just go through it really fast. But one time I was reading this. This was some years ago, like early 2000. I think it was about 2003, 2004, something like that. I was serving as a primary president in my ward. And in our presidency meetings, we would start the meeting at, with reading from the Book of Mormon for about 15 minutes. We did this every presidency meeting. And and at the end of reading Jacob 5, that's where we were as a presidency, I was wondering to myself, what does this have to do with primary? Because it was probably one of those times where like, okay, let's just keep reading and yeah, I don't I don't think we had much discussion at all about it, but as we were reading through that, that's that's what came to my mind like what does that have to do with primary? And the question came to my mind a time or two afterwards, and I determined like I'm going to study that again. And I'm going to study it with this intent of finding out the answer to that question. What does this have to do with primary? So, for my personal study, 
I reread the last page or so in the chapter, because that's when I was thinking about it, like, what does this have to do with primary? So, but, but with this in mind that I want to know, you know, what, how I can relate this to my calling or the primary or yeah, anything associated with it. So a few things entered my mind and I found the scriptures really unfold some answers to this question. So during this time that I was serving as the primary president, um, So during this time that I was serving as the primary president and our ward was really small, um, but it was strong. It was a strong ward, but we just didn't have big numbers and it lacked enough people to fill all the callings as primary teachers that we needed. And if you have served in the primary, you know what I'm talking about. There's a never ending need for um someone to be called. There's so many callings in primary. And so there was always somebody. I always needed a teacher or um, someone for the kids' activities during the week or something. But at this time, my need was a teacher for the CTR class. So we needed someone to call, but I really didn't feel like there was anybody to call. There, there wasn't a, this list, this long list of like, oh, these people who need a calling, which that is how our ward is now. <laughs> we have a long list of people. They could really use a calling, but we just don't have callings for them. But anyway, um, I, I was frustrated, not because, not only because there was callings that needed to be filled, but also I was frustrated because there were many people in my ward that had stake callings, like the stake president and the stake clerk and at least two stake high counselors to my memory. There might have been more, but at least two. There was the stake Relief Society president and a member of the stake Young Women's Presidency all in my ward. There were a couple of more, but I don't remember what they are anymore. But it just felt like all these really great people are serving in the stake and we really could use them in the ward. That was a little frustrating to me. And it seemed a little bit unfair that they would um, utilize so many people in the stake when our ward was small and, you know, we needed the help and I needed a CTR teacher. <laughs> so when I read through this end of the olive tree allegory in Jacob chapter five, it explained to me kind of this greater purpose for my plight. In verse 66, I learned that the root and the top of the tree must be equal in strength until the good overcome the bad. So there has to be like this equal, um, yeah, this equal strength. And then in verse 58, read about how we must nourish the trees and trim the branches so that the roots can get strength. In verse 60, the natural branches are grafted in to bring forth natural good fruit. So, and then the verse following 
discusses labor diligently and with might. So all these things, you know, just thinking about primary and thinking about this tree and what it takes to create this healthy tree that gives good fruit. Um, I saw this tree as primary, you know, how, or no, I shouldn't say that. I saw the tree as our ward and, and just the people in the church. And I could see that by utilizing some of the very capable and experienced people of the ward in state callings, it forced many of us to strengthen and to grow. If I had the those people that were in state callings, if I had those available to me and I put them in these ward callings as teachers or as um, helpers with the activities, you know, whatever that was, if they were there, then I wouldn't have had the same experiences. I wouldn't have learned and grew in ways that I did. And also, um, there was others that were called into positions that really helped them. And I'll talk about that more in a minute. But I became stronger and um, found that I could produce this good fruit because the roots, and I like to refer to these state call, these people in the state callings as the roots, like the real strength and foundation to our ward and, and to the community. Like they were, they're deep and they help nourish the rest of the tree. And then I, I like to see the branches. I, I refer to those as kind of us and what's going on in the ward and trimming off some programs or things that weren't totally necessary and maybe detracted from the real strength of the branches. If you trim those off and then what we have is kind of like what's kind of the necessary part. Um, we don't need as much nourished and actually it, it nurtures the growth or new growth. It just nurtures the tree so that it can become healthy and strong in the branches and produce a really great fruit. So I want to relate this scripture to you as a parent. So your children are for you to grow and develop as much as you are there to nurture, protect, and provide the basic needs for them. Think about the challenges that you have at home right now with relationships. What if you sent everyone that you were challenged by out for help, right? Like they, they went, they left the house and they got help, however that looked like, and then that's all you did with it, you would stay the same. Our growth happens in discomfort. And so if all of that discomfort is sent out the door, and then it, and then it comes back and you just stay the same, there isn't this growth. I had some pruning happened to me during this time as primary president. Definitely. I had some pruning. I learned actually to be more patient. I had some teachers called that they learned more about the gospel. Like these were teachers that were kind of on that list of like, are they, are they actually coming to church? <laughs> are they, uh, you know, they're, really new convert, they might need a whole lot of support to help teach these classes or, you know, whatever it was, they're just, we 
we felt like we were um, submitting names for teachers that wouldn't have been quite as likely or like, oh, yeah, of course, they're a great choice for that calling. So, you know, some of these teachers, they did learn more about the gospel, about the gospel and and learned about using appropriate curriculum and learned about getting a sub when they couldn't make it. Like all of these things are good things, right? They're all great things. And then all the things that I learned um, through being the, I, I guess, the organizational head of it and seeing like all the aspects of what's going on and the dynamics and and then how to teach and nurture those that are are learning to hold a calling in the ward. So it it was such a great time of growth for me and for them. And it just happened just the way it was supposed to. But it was frustrating. And I I was challenged by it. And so just looking back, like that really helped me learn and grow. It helped them. And so I'm glad that I didn't have the extra people in the ward that were filling state callings, I'm glad that they were doing what they were doing because actually they were there to support what I was doing. So it's such a great system. It was a great, it's a great organizational um, methods there. But going off the same idea for your home life, when I think back on my experiences raising kids, I have now learned about the roles of family doctors versus psychiatrists. And then add in social workers and the role of crisis response centers. So that actually was a great education because it's, it's now resources and things that I can give to other people. I can talk to other people about. I can, um, I can help direct others that maybe don't know quite where to turn or what to do or what's that going to be like. And so that's been a great thing. I've also now educated myself about suicide prevention and detection, kind of looking for signs. I've asked many folks, young and old, if they feel safe, if they feel like they might harm themselves or another person. I remember going to a house. I had heard that this person had talked about some things like, kind of like ending their life or um, wishing they weren't alive or something like that. It was, it was overheard. And so I just drove over to this person's house and knocked on the door and, and we had a lovely little chat and I asked them these kind of questions like, Hey, how you doing? Uh, are you, do you have suicidal thoughts? Are you feeling like you might harm yourself or somebody else? Do you feel safe? Like all those things. And I would not have been able to do that, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Not that I wouldn't have been able to, but just not with as much um, deep understanding and and skill and uh, the answers or the questions to ask and all of that. So it was just almost with no hesitancy, I could go over and ask those questions. So, you know, I've learned, I've just learned so much in my discomfort and challenges. There has been so much growth. You know what else I also have been strengthened in is that in this deep dependence on the Lord. 
for my peace and comfort and for the inspired next steps. That has been so valuable to me. I felt like I always was in that place. And I bet many of you feel that way as well. Like, oh man, yeah, I just got to, I got to depend on the Lord because he's going to be my only source of peace at this time um, or going through this thing or I, there's no way I'm going to know what the next steps are. And I need to be in a place for those inspired next steps. But what is beautiful now is for me to look back and say, wow, that was pretty amazing to be able to experience so much peace and so much comfort during some, some difficult years of child raising. And, and then especially then to see the miracles in what the next steps were that I took, which at the time didn't seem like I had this powerful, like, Woo, here's your answer and this is what you need to do next. But they were just gentle thoughts. Persistent, <laughs> but gentle thoughts. So I did have quite a I just have quite a bit of growth during that time. And so what I what I think about now with that kind of growth, I just think I'm stronger, kind of like my legs and my lungs from running. I'm stronger, I'm wiser. I'm more emotionally resilient. And I see all of this as fruits of the tree, which I mentioned kind of this, the tree, the seven steps to vibrant living in my last podcast. And it just goes along with this so well, but that I have these fruits now and they came from my own growth. They came from that struggle. They came from those challenges. And you know what? It's delicious and it's healthy. (laughs) This is all, this is all such good stuff that came from um, these past experiences. And so this is where I encourage you to engage more in your own growth and understanding. I know that so often your thoughts are so much on the child and serving the child and getting the child's um, needs taken care of. And that is beautiful. And that is well, I just want you to just look a little more at what your experience has been. And you know what, give yourself like a nice little list. I'd say just give yourself like five things where in areas where you've seen growth in you. And it could be with a little more patience or now I know what not to do (laughs) in some situations or whatever it is, you know, but write yourself a little list of five things that you can say, or yeah, I've grown in this way or in this area. And so this list will help you just notice, identify, like get your head in that space of yeah, there is some growth. I have gotten a little better and wiser and all of that. But also just to encourage you to continue to work on that growth, to see it and to step back a little bit from, I don't know, just the concerns at home and to say, okay, now what about me? What's this doing for me? And do I need to do a little pruning? Do I need to do a little nourishing? Do I need to do a little digging? And, and do I need to depend more on the Lord and, uh, and recognize his peace and comfort that's been there? So I, it's just such a beautiful process. And I love this, 
allegory. <laughs> I have seen it a certain way for so long. I had, and I, and I think the way that it has been interpreted and discussed is so beautiful and meaningful, but I love to repurpose scriptures, especially ones that we all think we know what it means, right? <laughs> oh yes, I've had several classes on this one and, you know, over the years, and this is, you know, the olive tree allegory is this whole time frame of the world. And you look at that, but isn't that kind of fun to stop and look at a scripture in just a whole new way and to say, what does this have to do with primary? And then to be able to find that. It just, I love it. Such a fun process. Have a great week. Have a great week just noticing the challenges, what they're there for, and what they can do for you so that you can stand strong. Talk to you soon. If you like the Stand Strong podcast, please like and subscribe.